Hey guys, welcome back to the Late Night Tidbits podcast, um, the podcast where we realize that at a distance our title um, looks like titties instead of tidbits. I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing, Bailey. I think it definitely <laughs> captures the attention of our viewing audience, or listening audience, rather. <laughs> hey, let's start this thing. So yeah, guys, welcome back. Um, we got a lot of like, or I, at least me, I got a lot of people telling me uh, that they like the podcast. So, which is which is a really good feeling because we just, you know, again, it, it was like a year to do this, so it's a really good feeling to finally, you know, have someone sit, like appreciate it. You know, you know, we've been wanting to do this for a long time, and you know what the funny thing is is like I haven't even listened to the first one yet. So, <laughs> I mean. It, it like have you had you when you listen to your voice it, it's does it does it re- not weird you at does it disgust you because it does for me yeah def- I definitely do have like a problem with my camera voice or my podcast voice I guess like I just don't really like the way my voice sounds like being recorded but like I don't know it just I mean it just bothers me like like it make, it makes me cringe because like I don't think I don't think I have a very good camera voice I I mean. Yeah, and and I get that. I, it, it's just weird to hear myself talk. I, cause I, I remember reading it somewhere. Apparently, the way that you think you sound is not the way the others hear you. Yeah, that's that's very bizarre to me. Is like the way that I sound to myself is very different from how others perceive my voice. Which is it, it's 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 wild. Um, but yeah, I wanted to say thank you again, guys, for supporting for you know all the the grateful comments. Thank you for listening. Um, I do want to touch on something that someone told me. Um, and that was that the, the, the topics, mainly the ones where we were talking about relationships and stuff like that, that um, it seemed pretentious because we didn't have any authority on the topic or we didn't have any um, credentials is, I think, the word he used. Um, so shout out to him. I didn't and, and I didn't take it as like, you know, to offense and I wasn't like really pissed at him or anything. But I and I'm just I'm going to make this clear right now. I, I don't think you should like take what we're saying as like we're preaching or like, you know, trying to change something we're just we're just out here giving our opinions like that's that's literally all this is is we're just talking about our day and just what you know our opinions are because you know that's 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 what this podcast was kind of made for is just to be a platform for our opinions do you know why it's called late night tidbits well the reason is because you're not supposed to take it all at once and you're not supposed to be changed by it you're supposed to take it with a grain of salt what we say is what we say we have the right to say whatever we want this is our podcast thank you I think Eric took it a little defensively. Yeah, very defensive. <laughs> I and, and and like I said, um, like I I take it in stride, and I think it it is constructive, um, criticism. But you know, I just realized I didn't start the timer for this damn podcast. I didn't do that last time. For fuck, hold on. Okay, now we have a, a timer started, so we know how long we're taking. You need to get up for school, apparently. Do you not do that? No. You don't yeah, do that where no. you have an alarm every minute. No. Absolutely not, uh, because I I don't know my like my circadian rhythm just wakes me up. I guess I usually find myself not waking up at too late or too early. Sometimes I wait. I actually I ha- there have been times where I wake up really late, but that's only when I stay up really late. But like, yeah, that's what I'm like. My I, I don't have a good sleep schedule. It's it's utter ass. You know, but being I, in high school, who re- being in high school, who really does? Right, right, right. But. Like, 
for for me, the only way I can wake up like without any outside um like effect, I guess I don't know the word. Um, without any kind of out yeah outside effect would be like with the sun hitting my face. And my room in my house does not face the sun, so I need an alarm. Okay, yeah, that now that makes a lot of sense because my room, like. There's like a window where the sun shines through into my room, and that's really what wakes me up. Unless I decide I want to close everything off and not talk to anyone. Right, uh, and that's why. And if I like go to bed and I have to wake up in two hours, I need to have multiple alarms or I will not wake up. I will sleep through the first one. I'm, I'm a really deep sleeper, and I will sleep through the first one. And by the fourth or fifth one, I'll finally like get annoyed and just try to shut it off. And that's that's why <laughs> that's why I have like a million alarms. Also because like randomly throughout the day I take naps and all I do is I go on my phone and I go, "Hey Siri, set an alarm for 10:25." Oh, my Siri just activated. God damn it. <laughs> my Siri activated saying that. Hello Bailey, what would you need? Yeah. Um and we kind of went on a little tangent there. We had we had stuff written down to talk about, but we kind of went off on a tangent there. I I did want to talk about this 21 Savage got arrested by ice because apparently he wasn't from atlanta he was british which is wild i think it's crazy that he's actually british um but i mean so what past that like yeah, yeah. why why does him being british have anything to do with how good or how bad his music is so in in i i don't know personally because i didn't look but it, was there a negative reaction to him being british Besides the memes, because I, I know the memes were just in jest because, you know, Sir Savage the 21st is kind of really funny. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, was, like, were people actually upset that he was British? I mean, honestly, knowing a lot of fans of hip-hop, probably, because, like, I don't, I, I don't think I've met another person other than myself who, like, genuinely enjoys, like, British rap music. Mm-hmm. And, like... British music in general, I feel like a lot of people are discriminate towards that just because they don't like the sound of British music, which is okay. Well, I mean, I think regardless of, you know, where he was born, I mean, I, I don't know all the details, but apparently I read somewhere that apparently he grew up from Atlanta from like the age of 12 or 14, somewhere in that range. I mean, does it really matter where he's from? Uh, if he grew up in Atlanta and I know he lost a brother in Atlanta, does it really matter where he was born? If where he identifies with more or where he feels more at home is Atlanta. What does it matter where he was, you know, born? He has no control over that. What is that, you know? Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, if he's saying that he reps Atlanta, that's, that's, that's his home. You, you choose your home, like, for the most part, I think. So I wouldn't say it's necessarily a matter of who was born where because, you know, your home is your home, and that never really changes. Right. I don't know, and, and I enjoy his music. I think his music is, especially his last album. His last album was pretty good, yeah, I think. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, usually I don't enjoy a lot of mainstream music, but yeah, 21 Savage is pretty good. But yeah, I, I mean, past the whole conversation about, you know, the abolishment of ICE and all that, which I really do not want to get into because that is a, a, an entire rabbit hole that I'm not ready to jump down into at all. Yeah, like Allison wanted to know that much anyway. <laughs> so. Stupid. Okay. Um, another thing we want to talk about because we're both in film and we we both we're both in a film class. Um, we uh, we have a kind of how do we describe it? A kind of 
push and pull relationship with kind of the program at large, I would yeah. describe it. I think that a lot of the, the problem is that there's just so that having more opportunities to show your films means less time to work on your films, which means less quality work. And it's more based on, you know, how much work you can actually produce. And I think currently the way that the class is structured, again, our, our film class that we're both in, um, currently the way that you do it is the, the way that it works for a grade is that you have to have four projects in for each semester. Four projects. They, they used to be four films, four film stock films, and then they changed it this year to four projects. So that can be a film for made for the class or a promotional video made for possibly an academy at the school, something like that. But that's what a, a project consists of. Um, and, and for me personally, I, I think four projects in a semester is way too many. That's a film a month. Um, and I can understand yeah, and for for it's it's so much, especially as one especially as one person like that's insane. It's it's ridiculous, and for for me, someone that wants to spend time crafting a film, spend time working and and refining, a month is never enough time to do that. Um, for like you know for Saudade, which I I think I would consider my magnum opus. Um, for right now it is yeah. Yeah, for right now, as of now, it it, it took nine months. That's writing, that's filming, and that's editing. Nine months. Yeah. I mean, I, I found that, you know, it's just like in order to have like the best work, it really it depends on how much energy you put into it. And if you don't put not, like that much time into it because you're forced, you're forced to not have that much time, then that's just less energy you're putting into your projects and therefore like less, less effective work, I think. And I think currently, right now, the, the driving um, sort of, like, not mantra, but the, the, the way that the class is structured, it is a quantity over quality um, environment because he wants you to make more than make better, I think. I think he wants you to do good work, the teacher, where it is we're talking about. I think he wants you to do good work. But I think the, the minimum that he's given us to create films against – you know, our, our limits in our imaginations is it's, it's out of proportion because like I said, when I made the project that I felt meant most to me, it took me nine months. And, and, you know, maybe there's, there's something to say that a high schooler shouldn't take X amount of time on a film. Like they shouldn't, you know, take that long. But if a person really wants to work that long on a film, they shouldn't be punished for it. They should be rewarded for putting, more effort and more skill and more of their time and more of their hard work into one project rather than, you know, being average at four different projects. And that's something that I think is a, is a huge, huge, ugh, huge issue right now in film, or at least in the film class. And I, and I think that's something that's um, really holding a lot of people back is because they have that, um, they have that, you know, they have to reach that four project um minimum um yeah i don't i don't know i i mean and another thing like like n no good work is ever made on your own like doing things without help especially directing and being on set is ridiculously hard because you have to focus on a million things at once which means you don't necessarily have as much time or energy to pay attention to details and i mean like I I I've I've had that problem in the past where I just I can't I can't focus 
you know, on what I'm doing, I have to just focus on on making it and getting it done versus, you know, focusing on, on resurrecting my vision or creating my vision or or whatever, you know, making making my film the best way I want it to be. I, and I think that's tough, especially in this kind of environment in, in, in that environment. Jeez, I cannot speak today in the environment currently that we have. It's it's more of a a uh, what's the word? Um, conveyor belt. It's like a conveyor belt that just keeps um, pushing, you know, making you to make more, but just it doesn't help you progress at all. And and you were talking about, you know, doing something on your own. I think that the way that he has the class work, not even just with the quantity over quality, that pushes people to work on projects by themselves. Not saying that the situation that you're referring to is is the reason why that happened, but when when there's when you have to make four films, and mind you, this is four pro, four excuse me four projects per person, not per group. Film is not a solo thing. You cannot make a film by yourself. You you let, let me rephrase that. You cannot make a film that is of quality by yourself. Yeah, I def- I, cer- I certainly agree with that statement, and I think that a lot of the time, like when when it's when it's like four projects per person that it it discourages teamwork because everybody just wants to do things on their own and you know there's only so much time that people have to do things exactly it, you know when you have to split things up and it, it's like a you know it doesn't foster any kind of teamwork it fosters you know divisiveness and like you know my thing is more important than yours. My vision is more important than yours. It's like, oh, you've done a project. You have one of your four. Now, you can't be involved with my project. Now, I have to do a project for my four projects. Correct. And in, when you legitimately do – I'm going to bring up a person. Julio, last year, he did humongous work for both Haunted Halls, TCOM, right. and Saudade. Those three films. None of those could be counted as his films because TCOM was yours, yeah. Saldaje was mine, and so was Haunted Halls. Despite him working as a DP, which is a, a, an enormous role in a film. It, it's, the one, it's the person behind the camera. Me and him, for Saldaje, both of us came up with the shots for that film. And that film is nothing but, you know, the, the film's excellence is within the shots, I would say. Yeah. Yet, yet he doesn't get any credit because it's a one person only for each film. Two people can't, quote-unquote, double dip. Which, again, I think fosters not only quantity over quality, but individualism over, you know, or working at... rather. Yeah, you know, just be working for yourself rather than as a group because a group can't take a whole project. That, I think, is one of the biggest issues with the class right now, and, and it's something that has aggravated me even more than the five minute or less thing, which is a whole nother thing within itself, which I mean. Well, it, there's a reason for that, and it's because like, because a lot of a lot of times people don't know how to pace their films. Yes. And right. that the reason th- that's the reason why he has a time limit. It's not only that people don't know how to pace their films, it's also that you know film stock can only be so long, and you know he needs to have or the the, the editor or the people running film stock need it to be a certain length and if your film is like above five minutes and that's not fair to everyone else who doesn't have who, who can't do five minutes now, now now let me offer the solution here because as a person who edits film stock and i don't run film stock but i do edit it here is the solution 
in uh, in dance, which is another department at our school. You audition to be in the show. If you do not have a good dance, you don't get in. Now, why isn't that the same in film? Why isn't it that if your film does not meet a certain qual meet a quality that is of that a quality that can be presented that it doesn't get cut? If that were the case, you wouldn't have. Now, I understand the five minute for pacing because some kids don't know how to pace their films, but that cuts off any person that knows how to pace their films and wants to expand because there are some ideas that cannot fit within five minutes. But again, hold on. Um, if you have it so that the people who, if you have it at a quality where there's, there is a line and, and that, that's where the, whether your film is above that line or below that line, that's what says whether or not you will be in film stock. That'll solve the, the, the overage in films. That'll solve, you know, having enough films, I think. The issue with that is that, you know, that's very exclusive. Like, it's very like, you know, oh, it makes, it makes, it would probably make people feel like they, you know, that they're not good or that they don't, they shouldn't be in film or whatever, this, that, and the other. And it, I feel like it would just be very, like, exclusive, I guess. Like, it would, it would, ex it would exclude people who, you know, maybe may, might not be the best of their craft or might not care about the quality of their craft, which is as disappointing as that is, is just the way it is. And, and it's not like you, there's, there's always a next time. There is always another film stock to enter in. So I don't see why when other programs can do that, why ours don't, I understand that it can be exclusive and it can be hard to have your film not shown at a film stock, but this isn't a charity. This is a program. This is an academy. This is where you go to excel this isn't, like, like I said, this isn't a charity. This is where you want to embedder yourself at your skills. And if you just make one film that isn't that great and you put it, he puts it in anyways, you go, oh, okay, I can just make another film with that quality. I don't have to try harder. It's going to go in no matter what. So why would you try harder? It doesn't foster any kind of progress. And, and something that I've said for, for our group, and it's something that I, I've, I've told since day one that we started After Party, is that I want every film that that succeeds the the last one to be better because what that does is it sets a goal to do better every single time and to not stagnate in terms of quality because otherwise what are you you know what are you doing you're just you know you're you're not progressing that yeah that is true but i definitely think failure is is very necessary you know for progress because if you don't make mistakes then you never learn yeah i would i would agree i in in as hard as it is um, oh, oh my God. Sorry, I, I just kind of got distracted there. Um, I'll, I'll explain this in a little bit, but where were we at? I just got completely distracted by that. Failure. 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 Failure is 100% important, and I know everyone knows this, but I'm going to repeat. I'm going to just kind of rehash it a little bit. You can't expect every single thing you do to be successful. Or to be received with, or to be received with open arms. Correct. And, and to, to fail is to learn, and I think it's one of the best ways to learn. Um, he, the teacher has a philosophy that I think is really, it, it really, uh, I like the idea behind it. It's that, you know, you need to get a few bad films out of the way to make a really good one. That's true. I, I definitely agree with that. And I think most people will never make a great, a great work in their life. And that's just, be, and that's not because they're bad. It's just because they haven't had that like breakthrough yet. And it's because they've been, they've just, they're just constantly learning, making, you know, maybe bad films. And that's and sometimes they might think that their bad film is actually great, and it. Th I think that's what matters is that you like your work and that you're satisfied with your work. 
And I ag- I agree. I don't think you should make film for an audience. I think you should make a film for yourself. At least that that's my kind of um, perspective on it. I think there is an aspect where you need to, if you want a film to be successful, you need to know your aud- audience. But for me, film is less of a, a, a place to, you know, be popular. It's for me, film is a, a way to express myself. And that's that's what it's been since day one, I think, for me. Yeah, I think that if, if you make a film for an audience or you're like, oh, I think people would really like this or I think people would really like that. I think people would really like if I did this, then that makes you kind of, you know, like a sellout and it just makes you like someone who just grabs for attention. And I don't think and I think that's the wrong way to approach not just film, but any art in general. Mm-hmm. And if you, it's like music or, or drawing or whatever. If you just draw something that people that you think that people will want, then it's just going to be the same as everyone else's, and then, then then you're, then you're not at, at the best that your art can be and the best that you can be. What's unique, is what you add to it. That's that's where I think people will, pe- people tend to. That's where, you know, genres start. That's where people tend to you know, gravitate towards you because there's something different about you. And that's where I think people can excel in. Anything else to add to it? I, we, we went pretty deep into to, to film, like the issues with it. Yeah. And th- there's a there's a whole, I mean, film for me, I've been in the program for, this is my second year in the advanced program. There are so many issues I've had with it and there's so many, you know, there, there, there's so many like bad memories of me just being very frustrated with the way it works. And there's also really good memories of filming with you know my cast and crew so it's a little bit of a back and forth but i am i am appreciative to be here because you know it's been a great way to foster um it's been a great place to you know help me grow as an artist which i'm very thankful for are we we good on that topic (laughs) we kind of exerted ourselves there i want to talk about i got a notification in the middle of this podcast here um I had I'm go here real quick. I had messaged this guy. He does. Do you know who um, a, a lot of the major meme pages on Instagram? The this guy. He's a he he works for promotions for them. Right. And I messaged him some of our films. Really. So Did this you is. Get anything back from that? That's this is that's what that is. This is his response. So. What did he say? He wants me to email the films. That's exciting. Yeah. If we get at that, ah, promotions, yes, that that might be the key or one of the keys, because like, you know, I think going viral would be really fun, frankly, to be to be one hundred percent. I think, I, and and I, I think I speak for me and Eric, and I think a lot of people in APP, APE now, excuse me, um, ape. yeah, ape. <laughs> um, oh, how great it would be if we went viral. Oh, how great it would be the, if if. The, the the true power of publicity is unparalleled. The things that you can do as someone with like a platform, a platform. Yeah. A pl- that, if a we place get a, to speak. a place to speak, Where yes, everyone can hear you. Exactly. And then we can just do so much other stuff. Like the, the amount of things that we could do if we had a platform to speak on would be amazing. And, and I think what, especially what, what comes from that too is, is not only having a dedicated audience, but is, you feel like you're making something that people will care about. Also money, also money to make more stuff. It's it sounds kind of greedy, but it is true. This this you know career that we've chosen is not a cheap one, and to make you know some of the greatest stuff, talent goes a long way, but money goes even farther. Yeah. <laughs> that, and that's that's the hard truth. <laughs> it, it really is. You know, you can you can do almost anything with money. 
anything. Yeah, except yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it, it'd be really exciting to be, to be, uh, like we said, it'd be really exciting to be famous. It'd be really exciting to to have a pla- to have a platform where a lot of people can hear us, to hear our ideas, to 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 be able to have um, the equipment to make stuff. Not that we can't make stuff right now, because I think we 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 were definitely able to make some pretty good stuff right now. We have made some pretty good stuff, even with what we've had. But and as to learn from our past experiences, you could have all the money in the world, but if you can't write a good script, then your film your film is just not, it's, you're you're not gonna go far. Your film is not gonna go far. That's just the way it is. Yeah, it. it <laughs> I know what Eric's referencing. I wish I could tell the story, but we can't. No. <laughs> uh, but um. Maybe maybe you know maybe another time in a, in a softer form. Yeah. But. I mean, maybe we could do it or just not mention any names. Yeah. You want to do it right now? I mean, do you want to explain it real quick? Yeah, you want to tell the story? Uh, okay, so. Do you want to tell the first half? Or... You you go you go you go. Okay. So, uh, this kid in our class hooked us up with this internship, and we were. Hooked us up. <laughs> well, I it, it, that that's kind of what happened. He he was very convincing. He made it to seem like he was like giving us like a huge opportunity, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely, definitely, definitely. And so we we did this. We we talked to the guy who 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 or his boss, so to speak. And so he gave us the internship. And so uh, we showed him our films and all that. And and he was he was really digging it. And then we uh, he gave us the dates and the call sheets and everything. And so we were looking at the call sheets. And it said to meet in Thousand Oaks, right? Yes, it did but say to meet in Thousand Oaks. Meet in Thousand Oaks, but the, it said the nearest hospital was in Lompoc, California. And we were we were very like – Which, mind you, is, is two hours away from Thousand Oaks, California. Yeah, super far away. And so we, we, we kind of were like, oh, this is a little sus, whatever. And so we just went and did it anyway. It's funny because you were so late and you just almost just flaked and didn't go. Which, which, honest in hindsight, would have been the move. Well, we wouldn't have would have had some good. We, we we would have lost some good memories, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and so basically, we it, we didn't even get to drive there ourselves. We had to we had to ride with other people so that we couldn't leave. We couldn't decide, you know, hey, we, we we're done with this. We want to go home. And so we drove all the way all the way there. I think. I yeah I did get nicotine sick in the car, which is great, great, really fun. That's oh, cause yeah. the, the second hand. Yeah, the second hand. They, they, ba- they, they were vaping, vaping in the car, and I was like getting really sick, and I told them to stop, and they would not stop. <laughs> and then Bailey was like asleep, and then eventually he woke up, and then I fell asleep, and then we drove all the way to Lompoc, and then was at this really cool the first the first like set we had to set up we had to set up a bunch of just shit like shit. Pointless shit, I guess, but like, it, I, I mean, it probably wasn't pointless. It was like setting up like, like food and stuff like that, and setting up like you know like confections, like food, right, drinks, right. things like that, and it's just such a waste of time. And we had to set, and we were, uh, and set up like lights and stuff like that. So like a lot of the time, it was just set up. And we were at this bar, and we were there for so long. We were there for like. Almost we were, until like one in the morning, I feel like. That's no, what I for for, well, for just that part. Well, that's just the first part. Remember, oh, we had to go. No, 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 right. We had to go. We had to go somewhere else. That was so good. we we started out, 
at this bar, and then we had to go to this, this separate restaurant in Lompoc, and that was like 10 minutes away, and then like the truck got st- like got stuck, like the, it, the, the turn was too small for the truck to make, and the trailer was like stuck in the street. It was really funny, but like it was really bad because it, it, it stalled us like like two hours. We were already like we were already three hours behind schedule, and then it was like another two hours. So like it was it was really it was really bad, and we were there for a super super long time. We were yeah we were there till like twelve, and then we we finished shooting, and we were striking everything, and then we didn't know what was going on. So we just got in the car. We so sorry. I want to interject here. We had been told that we were gonna be ha- we were gonna be staying there overnight, and that there was a hotel. And we we're like, okay. I mean, we were we were we were pretty iffy about it because you know, but at least it's a hotel, you know. Yeah, exactly. Um, do, do you mind if I take over here? Yeah. Okay. Um, it, and we get in we get in the car that the production is in, and they drop us off. And they goes, oh, here's your guys' stop. And we look outside the car, and it's a house. And we look at him, and we're like. What? And I think in my mind, part of me was like, oh, maybe it's an Airbnb. And I'm like, okay. And, and that made me kind of get out. And then, oh, no, 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 no. What it was is he, tell, he told us, we're like, what are we doing here? And he said, go knock on the door. And we're like, uh, okay. And then we got out and we're sitting there and we're, we're kind of, we don't know what to do. Cause we, we, we knocked on the wrong door. That's too. Yeah, we, we were at the wrong house, first of all. <laughs> And, and, and then we knocked on the wrong door. And then we finally got to the right house. And what ends up happening is... Oh, me- you guys must be the interns. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's this guy. He answers the door. And he goes, oh, you guys must be the interns. Go ahead go ahead and sit down here. And we sit down in this... It's a bedroom. And what happens is it, it's me and Eric. <laughs> it's me, Eric, and then three other interns from the set walk into the one house them, one of them calls the bed and the dude walks in in his like bathrobe and slippers and is like oh i'm sleeping there yeah <laughs> and, and 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 he we, we you know we thought okay so we're gonna have this room to ourselves so it's gonna be a couple of us are gonna have the bed and then a few of us maybe have the floor and um so we're kind of setting up and what happens is the, like as eric said the guy walks in in his bathrobe and he's sleeping in there with us Mind you, me and Eric, Eric, you're 18. Yeah. I'm 16 at the time, um, and then the rest of us, or the rest of us, are all under 18. It was really, really weird. And then, and then what happened was, is they t- took in boxes. He, the, the, I think it was the guy. He brought in boxes with sleeping bags in them, and they were all like, they were like pre-bought on Amazon. There was, it was a sleeping bag, an inflatable sleeping bag that you would inflate with um, something you would plug into the wall. And it was um, a bed sheet, a pillow, another blanket for all of us. The blankets were like paper thin too. Dude, the only way I could, cause the only way I can describe it, it was like going on like going to a foreign country on like a mission to help other people. That's what it was like. It's 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 like <laughs> it's like them giving you the you know the stuff to, to so that you can sleep properly. That's what, so, so you, like, cause there's no, you know, obviously there's no beds in like, you know, maybe an impoverished country. That's what, that's what it felt like. It was so weird and bizarre. And we, me and Eric were like, what? But. So he also like was done getting ready for bed. And like I said, he's in his like bathrobe and slippers and he walks in and he's like, if you see uh, any naked men walking around the house, those are my sons. Dude. <laughs> Dude, it just the shit out of me. Like, I'm like, I was like, I was like, ah. 
And oh, that was one of the weirdest nights in my life. Yeah, yeah, that's a and, 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 and God, honestly, I feel, <laughs> I, I, I feel like had something gone wrong, like Lord knows where we would be right now, or where, whether whether we'd be, you know, traumatized or something. Because that that was the the sketchiest thing I have ever done was stay in someone else's home in the same room as the dude, with him and three other dudes. One of them I kind of half knew, Eric included. Well, not, with with three other people that I didn't know, one per- person I half knew and Eric. Well, uh, welcome to independent filmmaking. <laughs> and and honestly, that that whole experience was a sham. Yeah. Um. The we we were promised to kind of learn something. Um, hold on, give me two seconds. My mother's texting me. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, we were promised to you know learn something new. You know, learn filmmaking. You know, as as young filmmakers, we want to learn how it is to be on set. Um, have you been on set before prior to this? Yeah, but I was I'm too young to remember because I used to act when I was really little. But the and the big sham after like like literally treating us like like shit. Was that he thought he was doing us a favor? Yes, that was what I had the most problem with. Uh, mind you, to, to and we're not, uh, to, I'm trying gonna try and shy away from the the very intimate details, so that way I'm not revealing who it is. Um, this person, uh, who was the director of the shoot, what it what it had seemed to be, and this is what I had gathered from being there, is that he had a lot of money, or at least enough money to to spend it on a few key items for filming, and what he decided is that he was going to bring on some impressionable young filmmakers, not pay them, and just bring them on and say that he was going to ha- and teach them an experience. Mind you, I don't think this person has any background in the entertainment industry. I think this is just some random dude that has quite a bit of money that's going, oh, I'm going to make a film. And to be completely honest, we saw honest, when we were working on set, we saw the, the, you know, the script go you know, be shot. It really wasn't that good. It was really cliche. It was, it was really awful. Like I was like I was reading it. I was like I could write something better than this. Like, <laughs> and it, it it felt really cliche. It it didn't feel. It just it didn't feel like anything important. I felt like I was. There was literally nothing we were learning. I could definitely tell that. Well, the other guy, the, like the producer dude, was also one of the writers. I could definitely tell that this was the first thing that he had ever written in his life. <laughs> Um, it was, it, it was a pretty, it was disappointing for what it was and what it was promised to be, but it was fun because, you know, I, I was with, I was with Eric the whole time and we were, we, we were messing around the entire time. Oh, another thing. They didn't have enough money to feed us. They had, oh. that was, they had, they had, they, we overheard someone talking and they said, oh, we only have a hundred dollars to feed all of our, uh, all of everyone, cast and crew included. And, oh, the, I've never seen a, a crappier crafty. I've never seen a crappier, you know, eating arrangement on set, which is what crafty is. Um, yeah. Key producer tip: be a half decent human being, and put some fucking money aside for you know your casting crew who is working you know day in day out to make your vision a reality. So please treat them with respect. If you do not pay. Your cast and crew, I want to apologize for the drill in the background. Shout out to engineering for them doing something, and I don't really know what. Um, if you do not pay your cast and crew, the least, the bare minimum that you can do is feed them. 
Yeah, if, if you if you feed their your cast and crew, they will they will like you. And not crap food either. Make it something halfway decent, and they will like you. Yeah, definitely. Instead, what they got? What what, what did they serve? Because I don't really remember. McDonald's. They McDonald's. Had McDonald's for breakfast, which honestly was. I would be lying if I said I didn't enjoy it. No, no, no. <laughs> because it's like it's food. Like I'm gonna eat it. Like yeah, it was good, but they didn't have enough for everybody. Yeah. They, they didn't have enough for everybody. And they had to, like, ration the food. I swear, dude, it, one of the worst experiences for what it was meant to be, but one of the best just because, like, I was hanging out with you the whole time. That's what was fun about it. Ah, uh, friendship. Yeah, I mean, I, that's the only reason I enjoyed it. I also, you know, after a bit, I just started saying no to him when he would ask me to do things <laughs> because he was, cause he was just he's being a dick. And I was like – I was just kind of like, you know – he would be like, hey, you know, go set up the camera. I'd be like, nah. He'd be like, why don't you do anything? So I'm like, because you're a dick. Like, the dude, the dude was an asshole. I could, tell that, I could tell that the dude never never fucking left his house because he was just like, he didn't know how to talk to people. He didn't know how to, he didn't know how to command his crew. He just like, he's just an asshole. Like, like, sometimes you just meet people and they're like, they're just not, sometimes people are just not naturally charismatic. And that just, that's not a problem. It just, it's just really bad for this business like um yeah uh, all right guys we're at about uh what's the time limit here i just saw it i think we're about like 34 minutes did we cover a lot we were going to write about because a, a lot of the we kind of just briefly touched on some of the things up there but we, we should we, we should plug film stock actually. yeah let's let's finish it up guys come to film stock it's Fe- going to be february 21st. february 21st at studio movie grill um there's actually going to be some reruns of some after-party films. A classic, this cult of mine. Yeah. A classic after-party film. Oh, our I, first one. Yes, our first one. Oh, I love that film and so it's much. Be fresh because nobody's ever seen it. Yeah, the last time that they played was at Alumni Film Stock, which had no one attend. <laughs> Sorry, Chesney. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, it was still a great show. That was. It was a fun time to do that. Um, yeah, so guys, come to SMG Filmstock. There's going to be some reruns. of. There's going to be some new after-party films. Uh, Glass Girl is going to be showing. Um, and a bite from Tristan. Shout out to Tristan for helping out with the podcast. He just waited. I don't think he could hear me. <laughs> yeah. Um, Love but, Tristan. Yeah. Uh, follow us on Instagram. We changed our, um, our handle. handle. We're now After Party Entertainment, so follow us on Instagram at After Party Ent, E-N-T. Um, yeah, guys, that's pretty much it. Yeah. You know, we didn't address Lorenzo not being here. Sorry, Lorenzo. Lorenzo couldn't be here. He was busy doing stuff for yearbook. Shout out to the yearbook, which is, I think, one of the few things at this school that's of excellence. Yeah. <laughs> um, but thank you guys for joining us. Uh, we'll see you guys next time. Bye.